0: Everybody. welcome to episode 47 of the sports card second podcast today we are here with uh, a former panini employee and now working at uh working for my local card shop kentucky roadshow cards it is tracy hackler how are you doing
1: i'm doing well jacob thanks for having me on man i'm excited
0: yeah same here i'm super glad to have you join me so uh First thing uh, I like to talk to people about is sort of tell us about your collecting journey, how you got into collecting and where you are now.
1: Yeah. So I'm way old, Jacob. I'm really old. I'm, I just turned 52. I've been collecting. I started collecting back in the late seventies with my brother, Tim, and we would ride our bikes up to the convenience store on the corner and have like 50 cents. And we'd buy a pack of tops football or baseball and then a Slurpee and open cards and that kind of was how our love affair first started and um, and then from that point on it's been a lifetime of collecting I mean I collected everything but gradually settled on football in the NFL a huge Broncos fan so have been collecting uh, Broncos for as long as I can remember and then went to school to be I was a a journalism major, wanted to be a sports writer, and I did that for a little bit, but ended up getting an internship at what was then called Beckett Publications back in 95, and Mm -hmm. turned that into a full-time job before too long, and I've been living this dream uh, career ever since. Yeah,
0: I mean, so Usually, uh, whenever I'm doing a podcast uh, with people, they have lived through the '80s and '90s card boom. So, talk about the '80s and '90s card boom and sort of compare and contrast how you're seeing the 2020 card boom.
1: Yeah, so the, the '80s, the kind of late '80s, early '90s, kind of was the first um, first real like fundamental shift in the marketplace. it it gained kind of mainstream notoriety maybe for the first time in a long time talking about uh, collecting sports cards and the investment potential was brought to light. And so a lot of people got in a lot of manufacturers were making a lot of products. And by the mid nineties, really early to mid nineties supply far out, far out far exceeded demand at that point. And Mm -hmm. I think the market went in a kind of a self-correcting mode for the better part of man 10 11 12 13 years kind of consolidation yeah. reduction of brands reduction of manufacturers um, and then and then kind of 20 when I left so I went from Beckett to Donruss back to Beckett and then to Panini in 2010 and they had just gotten the license for NBA exclusively. And the market was still kind of in a down point at that, at that time. And then we started seeing kind of an uptick in the popularity and the number of people who were collecting in about 2015, 2016, bolstered by some really strong rookie classes. Hold on one second. Yep. Sorry about that, dude. I hope, I hope you can. Yeah, it's fine. I hope you can edit. I had a rambunctious dog in here just shredding cardboard. I knew it was on the microphone. So, I yeah, I can edit it. Yeah, it's
0: fine.
1: Okay, so, uh, and then about 2014 2015, thanks to some really strong rookie classes in the, in the NFL and NBA, we started seeing it going sw- swinging back to some upward mobility. And then, man, the pandemic hit people thought the sky was falling on the sports card industry and then it it enjoyed its greatest kind of explosion in the history Mm -hmm. of sports cards and so i think we're still in that i think we have a few three four five a long future ahead of us of the market being in a place it's never been which is i said for a while like people are starting to find out on a national and international level what a lot of us have known for decades is that cards are cool and now it's yeah now it's now it's cool that they're cool like people in the mainstream athletes investors sneakerheads musicians actors discovering it and it's been nothing short of phenomenal yeah
0: Yeah I completely agree with you like those those rookie classes really did help with I mean especially like I mean anybody really could have seen it coming with the popularity of the 2017-18 class the 2018-19 class for basketball and of course 2019-2020 class just sort of was was part of the year that sort of exploded the hobby but I mean, anyone could have seen it coming with how strong uh, with Donovan Mitchell, Jason Tatum, Luca, Trey, and Zion and jaw. I mean, anybody really could have seen that coming. I mean, it just ended up happening during the, during a pandemic, but it probably still would have happened anyways, I believe.
1: Yeah, I think so too. I mean, the rookies are for the longest time, if you didn't have a good rookie class, you were going to have a down year in sports cards, no no matter what sport it was. And, you know, I think that, Manufacturers are should be given credit for making products now that are almost rookie class proof because of the the brand equity that's been built up in those kind of key brands and the types of cards being made. It doesn't always have to be a rookie card or an autographed low numbered card or a, a mem yeah. card. It can be a it can be a chase insert, a, a different color parallel that mm-hmm. that drives uh, demand
0: yeah so uh like i mentioned you did work at panini so when you're saying this i'm sure everyone right now is thinking silver prism and kaboom
1: <laughs> yeah no you're right that's what i was thinking in my head i didn't want to say it but yeah the, the prism <laughs> yep. parallels kaboom downtown color blast yeah um, you know there's there are ways to make a product uh valuable without always having to rely on low numbered RPAs and and thick multicolor patches. And I think, mm-hmm. you know, the more that card manufacturers can do that, the better off they're being to themselves because as r- player salaries increase and the demand to acquire autographs by the manufacturers increases, at some point the athletes are gonna say, I don't want to sign that many cards anymore or that many yeah. stickers to put on cards. It's just too much work. And so I think the more they can explore the technology, the different prism colors or uh, parallel colors and different types of innovative inserts without requiring autographs and memorabilia, we're all going to be better off.
0: Yeah, def- I definitely agree. Like, uh, kind of like we've seen with like LaMelo and all that controversy that sort of went down. Uh, Players aren't signing as much. Dak Prescott, all that
1: stuff. So, yeah, um, there's been there's a lot of that. I mean, there's it's a lot of work, and for the you know a player's rookie autograph contract is going to be his biggest autograph contract he ever signs with a manufacturer, mm-hmm. and and it's become that number that the manufacturers want the player to sign has continued to grow um, exponentially, and so. At some point, the player says, look, I got to study my playbook. I got to worry about performing on the field. I don't want to sign until the season's over. And then you get into – and I understand when they say that. And then you get into a situation where you've got redemptions for two, three, four months, and it just leads to a really unsavory situation.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I completely agree. So, um, like I did also mention that you're now – um, at Kentucky Roadshow. So have you actually moved to Kentucky?
1: So I'm not there. I've been there twice now. I'm going again uh, next week. And uh, I've known Jimmy. Uh, I knew him before I worked for him. Um, loved Jimmy. I loved him before I met him. And then I met him and I loved him even more. He's just that kind of guy. <laughs> yeah. Um, just a really good human being. And when he approached me about coming to work for him, um, whenever Jimmy wants to talk, you talk. And I listened and the more I listened, the more I like what I heard. I just love his vision, his heart, where he's taking his hobby shop franchise, obviously uh, Kentucky sports cards yep. in Lexington is the mother, shop, the mother shop, but he's opening between now and April 1st, he'll have shops open in Texas, New York and California.
0: Uh, yeah,
1: same kind of vision a modern hobby shop that is encompassing embracing welcoming to the uh, community positive um modern with vi- video games and tvs and just people who work in the stores who care about the neighborhood and the community and yeah. know know everybody's names and want to talk in trade and just be uh a hangout destination for people, whether you live in the neighborhood or you're coming from miles around to visit the shop.
0: Yeah, I completely agree with you. Um, The hobby shop uh, needs to change into the 2020 model and get out of the 1980 grab and go (laughs) model, you know,
1: exactly. Um,
0: I will say say you probably do know that there is another shop in Lexington. Kind of, I mean, it's kind of on the other side of Lexington, but, um it's definitely an 80s card style and then we went to kentucky Roadshow a few months back or well not well like honestly like start of 2021 and uh it's just so much better like it's just baseball card shops need to be a hangout place because if in the future where cards may drop off which i mean eventually it's going to happen like we can't just stay on this top streak forever yeah, I mean everyone I knows that. So it needs to be a hangout place. So for in the future,
1: yeah, it can and, stay like that. Yeah, and that's the that's what Jimmy believes. And you've been in Jimmy's shop. You've met Jimmy, and you know his his vision is more than just um, more than just a hobby shop, right? He's about elevating the hobby, one collector, one product at a time, and giving mm-hmm. back to charity and to the community. And so, man, everything he said, I really, I just but believed it fell in love with it and am now blessed to say that i i'm a proud member of the roadshow cards family
0: yeah (laughs) okay so um since we did say uh you did work at panini i do have to ask you this okay just from being in inside uh inside a car company that is going to be affected by this so what is your sort of opinion on fanatics and what do you
1: see from them um well i mean aside from the obvious everybody knows it was a complete kind of out of nowhere move that they made i thought it was uh from if i could take off my uh, looking at it from the outside i thought it was just a a big baller move and they saw something Mm -hmm. in the trading card market that obviously resonated with them and they felt like they could take it to a completely different level by making the league's partners. And um, I I, I think it's going to be good for the entire industry because Mm -hmm. a a company like Fanatics doesn't get involved in something for any other reason than to make it bigger. And so I think that's good for hobby shops. I think the fact that they bought tops a few weeks ago is a good, was a good Mm -hmm. move for, long-time hobbyist uh the hobby needs tops because tops has been the the most venerable trading card manufacturer in the world and so to know that they're going to be involved and the thought that there could be once again chrome nfl and chrome nba products is got got to be exciting for the marketplace so i'm encouraged by what i've uh, heard from all the fanatics executives i think they have a a great vision, a great idea of what they want to do, how they want to execute it. And I think everybody talks about, oh no, five years from now, what's going to happen? I think it's going to be um, a vibrant, robust, healthy marketplace that, that only continues to grow. I mean, the to your point earlier, you may not see these crazy values on every single card, but the market will naturally soften a little bit. But now when it softens, it's going to land in a place that's light years ahead of where it's ever been.
0: Yep. Yeah, it's definitely true.
1: So I'm excited and so, encouraged uh, about it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Honestly, um, I was pretty excited they bought tops. I mean, tops is a legacy, like you said, and uh, honestly, yeah, to see tops chrome basketball, tops chrome football, I mean – Obviously Prism is what's hot right now but like once top screen basketball and football comes out I mean it's just going to have so much um hype about it and yeah. it's going to go cra- I'm it it'll, it'll go crazy I'm sure for the first couple years so It will. I mean yeah, and... Fanatics Fanatics are going to be bring a big change which honestly people the way that people are talking about it they're they're ta- kind of talking about it like it's never happened in the last like 30 years, but really it's only, it only took about 11, 12 years since Panini took uh, upper decks license for basketball and tops. Yeah. So, I mean, honestly, it's not been a long time. Just people that are so new into the hobby because of 2020 and a exactly right. few years that people just aren't thinking about that.
1: No, that's a great point. And I think, um, a lot of people don't have that perspective because the, so many new people have come into the collecting space that they all they know is like the last year or the last year and a half. And if they take the time and they eventually do to educate themselves on where the hobby's been, wh- where it's gone the last 20 years, I think everybody will take a deep breath and realize that tr- trading cards have been here for more than a, a hundred and since the 1890s or whatever. So, yep. and they're going to be here long after I'm gone and, and hopefully no offense long after you're gone too. I mean, you got a lot more, yeah. years than I do, but, um, so yeah, I think we're in a good spot. I think, you know, I'm excited about the future, the immediate future, the long-term future and what, how Jimmy and the Roadshow Cards for, franchise can play into that. Yeah,
0: definitely. I mean, um, Honestly, like, really, just people, like, look back at Panini, like, guys, Prism would not be here if if not for, if not Panini took that license, and think about that. How many of you guys listening are Prism collectors? How many of you guys wish you had a certain Prism rookie card? I mean, everybody does, so, I mean, just, just think about that, and just say, okay, well, Fanatics, if they can pull something like Panini has, I mean then it'll be fine. Everything will be fine. I mean, we've got tops back in it and we're going to probably, we're definitely going to see the Chrome football, Chrome basketball products, which will be just super exciting. So yeah, I completely agree with you. I mean, it's just how people just need to educate themselves.
1: Yep. And I look, hopefully there's a marketplace in five years where tops, Chrome football is competing head to head with Prism football. Right
0: yeah I mean yeah exactly
1: the collector wins in that situation Mm
0: -hmm. yep and it's not like panini is completely gone they still do have like the ufc right and um i think they have wwe now too so
1: yeah it's not like panini's
0: gone so
1: right no ufc wwe soccer yep um yeah so and who knows a lot can change in in one year obviously a lot can change in five years so I think it remains to be seen how it's all going to shake out, but I'm really positive and optimistic about it.
0: All right. So uh, a couple more things uh, before we wrap this one up. But uh, so I like whenever I'm talking to somebody that has worked for a company or, you know, just something like that manufactures cards or is close to the manufacturer. So I like to ask them, what is your favorite set and product?
1: Oh. <sighs> Probably my favorite set of all time probably might be, might be surprising, but I'm a big fan of what we, what Panini did with playbook football primarily.
0: Oh yeah. Playbook.
1: Yeah. Uh, Just a different kind of product. Um, The, the design of the booklets. I'm a big fan of like big jumbo patches. And so how they managed to make booklets, like uh, game of inches and red zone and um th- the way those cards look when you open them up and you see a player f- fully extended holding the ball over the pylon or whatever it's just it's a re- more than just a trading card it's like a work of art and yeah. so i really and i love the design the die cutting of those cards and just it's just a different feel and so I'll, that would probably be my favorite one um but I mean, it's hard to not like something like Color Blast and what that's done. Yeah,
0: yeah. Pretty Color simple blast, design.
1: Yeah. yeah, Kabooms are great too, and you know, the Color Blast concept is actually pretty simple when you think about it. You get a play yeah, white really. background. Yeah. Powder explosion, cool image, and and you're done. But the prism technology on it is is nice. But so I think insert wise, it would be Color Blast, but product wise, it'd be Playbook.
0: Yeah, I honestly agree with you with for football um, I'm not as big into football but I do always I do follow sort of youtubers that are breaking it and stuff and I'd like to see what's coming out of there playbook is a great product one booklet guaranteed per box I mean you can't get better than that
1: no no you can't and you know I love that it's just uh I wasn't always a fan like there were there was one year I think it only lasted one year where the base cards were even booklets and I didn't like that that aspect. Yeah. I thought it was a little bit too hokey, but the actual booklets in there are some of the coolest cards ever made, I think.
0: Yeah. Yeah, and I definitely agree with you with Color Blast. It's sort of taken off recently. I mean, it really is just a rainbow powder with a cool image, and that's all it is, plain white, and it it just really pops to the eye. I mean, yeah, everybody it, would say it's one of the most – card that would like, at a show just pops immediately right out in the middle.
1: It it's, does, it's yeah. Really,
0: that's a really beautiful set there as well.
1: Yeah, I agree completely.
0: Yeah. Uh, so, one more thing for you. So, uh, something I just, it just blows my mind. <laughs> I, I, I just, so I was listening to a podcast, and uh, they were talking to the artist of Kaboom's. And okay. uh or the original artists I guess. And um also it's and they just sort of done an episode just all about the history of kabooms, how just how it started, how it how it is now. So obviously in the first year it came out as a pr- in in a products for the first few years. So mm-hmm. um they're in they aren't as they are now. So like as we've seen, like absolute football is kinda of blown up just as the chase yes. of kabooms is in there, but there was that one year, that one legendary year, where kabooms were on the Panini Rewards website in 2018, yeah. <laughs> and that just blows me away because now people literally break down in tears if they pull Panini points. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> but uh, in 2018, that one legendary year, you could exchange those points. For two random kabooms. And I just think that is crazy. They like the LeBron kaboom, like eight thousand dollars just sold yesterday or something for eight thousand. I Uh mean, it's just crazy that you could have gotten eight thousand for however many panini points it was to get those kabooms.
1: Yeah, they and I believe that's also the same kaboom product that that introduced the color parallels too, the green and the gold. Yep. Yep, the gold, uh, yep, gold. Which green, I yep. thought was one of the biggest developments in insert cards in the last 5 years. I mean, they looked beautiful. And I think that's one of the ways that Panini tried to make points more palatable was to to create things specifically exclusively for the reward site. And I think they've done white sparkle stuff that way. They've done some some uh Obviously, the Kabooms, um, some downtown type cards. I can't remember what they're called on the reward site. But but it's a way to make points more palatable. And when they launch a new offering on the reward site, people spend entire weekends trying to accumulate as many points as possible.
0: Yeah, it's true. I mean, imagine the outroar panini posted kabooms back on the site in 2022
1: oh can you imagine that like a like absolute football to your point i mean people were buying that product almost exclusively to get kabooms yep yep which which was a lot of good content in absolute but the fact that kabooms rule the day no autograph no memorabilia just scarcity and a cool looking card and you know I think you'll probably see more stuff like that down the road um, because it, it's something the manufacturers can control, right they they have yeah. direct control over the 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 paper, the printing, the design, the image selection. they don't have to worry about it. anything on the outside in terms of players or memorabilia to make those cards uh, incredible. So I think you'll probably see more of that stuff and I think I think it's just the tip of the iceberg on what some of these creative folks can do to make yeah. non-auto, non-MEM cards um, exciting and desirable.
0: Yeah, honestly, yeah. So that's also when I was listening to this podcast, they also mentioned this that it's a non-auto, non-MEM, and people go wild over more almost as much as like an NTRPA. Like it, that, it, that's how popular it is. Kaboom! Yeah downtowns and color blasts i mean it's crazy how panini has just done that with the popularity of these cards.
1: yeah no it's pretty phenomenal and you you know the thing that's exciting is that when other companies get the opportunity to do something similar whether if tops gets to come into the football and basketball arena and start doing their thing again you you know they're going to come up with some some ideas that blow people away too. So it's, I think it's a really smart way to kind of make collecting more, give it more longevity than just Mm -hmm. because it doesn't always have to be a hot rookie. It can be a veteran. It can be a superstar. Like you said, LeBron or Steph or, or um, Aaron Rodgers. I mean, it it doesn't have to be a rookie that has to sign and, and get it back to you. It, it, It can be any player any cool design and the scarcity obviously drives it and the technology on the card drives it.
0: Yep. Yeah, I completely agree with you. So uh before we go um go ahead and plug whatever you want. Your socials, uh the Roadshow shop and all that.
1: Yeah, so you can check out the check us out on social, Roadshow cards on Twitter and Instagram is kind of the umbrella account for all the Roadshow stores. Texas Roadshow, California Roadshow, New York Roadshow, Kentucky Roadshow, and Roadshow Breaks, and so the Roadshow Cards Handle kind of encompasses all of our all of our businesses into one uh, handle. Um, and Jacob, I hope to see you. I'm going to be in Lexington next week, the 24th, 25th, 26th, I think. All so right, I'll you, try and come in. So if you're in the if you're in town, dude, I'd love to meet you in person.
0: All right. Yeah, I'd love to. I'll see. Uh, see. I'll talk to my dad and see what we can do.
1: Beautiful, man. I look forward to it. And I appreciate the time and you did a great job. And I look forward to meeting you in person, hopefully next week.
0: Yeah, me. Yeah, me too. That would be super fun. I'll try and come in Uh, around one of those days. I'll let you know if I'll I'll be coming in.
1: Yeah, you, you have my email. So just hit me up and we'll yep. uh, we'll make it happen.
0: All right, man. Yeah. Uh, can't wait for that. Hopefully, hopefully we'll make it work.
1: Yes, sir, man. Well, listen, have a good night, brother. I appreciate it. You too, man. All right, we'll talk to you soon.
0: You too. See you. Bye-bye. So that'll wrap it up with uh, Mr. Hackler from uh, Panini and Kentucky Roadshow. Hopefully we'll be able to meet up and I'll uh, let you guys know if we make that happen. Um, Also, yeah, so I did not get to do the old tagline, so of course I'll wrap up the show with that. And uh, make sure you guys subscribe. Uh, leave me a rating. Um, you can leave ratings on Spotify now, so make sure you go over and do that for me. Means a lot to see those ratings and reviews. Uh, email me or in the show at sportscardsecond at gmail uh, One more announcement is I'm getting into collectible. Um, it's the uh, it's that uh, app where you can buy the shares of uh, iconic cards like Mantle P- PSA ten stuff like that. So I'm getting into that um, to try and make a little bit of money and maybe I'll put it into the show buy some nice equipment and uh yeah that's what I'm what I'm hoping to do with some of that money buy some cards as well but anyways thank you guys for listening uh to me and Tracy discuss Panini and Kentucky Road show and once again it's Jacob signing off Keep collecting peace!